Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. In the fast-paced world of attacking, speed is everything. And that's where the Furon 7 Plus shines. Engineered for accuracy and precision at a rapid pace, it's your secret weapon on the pitch. Experience overall comfort and precise striking, even in the game's fastest moments. The nylon outsole, with its V-shaped stud configuration, is designed for firm ground, giving you the grip you need to outmaneuver your opponents. Step up your attacking game and learn more and purchase the Furon at NewBalance.com. It is a tremendous football Thursday. It is Nick Costos. It is Ken Barkley. And it is you here on the BetQL Network, simulcast by our friends at Stadium for the next two hours of the show. And what a two hours it will be as we get you set to bet and win this weekend in college football and the National Football League. Our pal Adam Chernoff from uh, the Simple Handicap Podcast and Right Angle Sports will join us here in just a moment. Connor Allen from 4 for 4 in Bettsburg stops by in 20 minutes. Joey Kanish, baby, stops by next hour, giving us college football bets for the weekend. Evan Silva stops by in the Power Hour. Ken and I will also give you all our bets for tonight. Bets of Steel in the NHL, 5.40 p.m. Eastern Time, and then NBA and Bills and Bucks side total prize in the final hour of the program. Let's let's begin the fun and frivolity right now and welcome in our friend Adam Chernoff to the show, one of the absolute best out there when it comes to handicapping the National Football League. Uh, on Twitter, at Adam Chernoff, Adam's NFL betting podcast, the Simple Handicap Podcast, is must-listen if you bet the National Football League. Adam supports us, support him. Check out his podcast, The Simple Handicap. And uh, he does great work with our friends at Right Angle Sports, which includes the Right Angle Sports app, which is a free download featuring insight and commentary for pro bettors on everything that happens in the National Football League. Churn, welcome back to the show. Nick and Ken, happy week eight to you and yours. Happy week eight to you guys as well. Not as snappy and decisive of a week as we had last week, which went very well, but I still think there's a couple things to get to. So it's not it's not all lost in week eight so far. And Adam, we've had a couple of really interesting line moves even today. Obviously, we do the be it moved segment yesterday. And, you know, we were able to capture like what was going on with Brock Purdy and what was going on maybe with Tyree Kill and a, a couple other interesting things on the market. But something today that happened that was interesting, the Houston Texans started getting bet and getting bet pretty aggressively as three point favorites to the degree that they're now. Like, really, we should almost call it three and a half. Like, all the threes are juiced a lot, minus 20, minus 25. Maybe maybe had something to do with that. Maybe you like the other side of the game. This is obviously the number one and number two picks in the draft facing each other. So right now, it's Stroud three and a half on the road at Bryce Young, total 43 and a half. What do we like here? So we sent out Panthers early in the week. I like Carolina a lot in this game at three and a half or three. But I think specifically, you can also look at the team total for the Panthers over 19 and a half. That's around minus 130. So if you find the 20 and a half as well, you can get that at plus money. So kind of the angle I would look 
it really ties into Thomas Brown for me on that one, guys. The change in play calling that we're going to see and the boost that comes from that, going from Frank Reich to Brown, who's the L.A. Rams, uh, from that system, working with McVay, the sort of modern play calling bump, I really think is going to make life a lot easier for Bryce Young, who's had it really tough so far in terms of opponents that he has faced. He now gets a Texans defense that's kind of middling within the league. Uh, but I think the Panthers offense, although we might see a little bit more running than maybe anticipated last week when Brown got the promotion, I, I think the Panthers offense is going to look much better than what we've seen it the last couple weeks. So that team total is a look that I really like at the moment. Uh, but I would also side with the Panthers uh, getting the points as well. And I'm pretty sure Churn was like one of the first people doing betting content to kind of bring up like, hey, like this guy needs to be calling the plays. Thomas Brown, like not Frank Reich, the head coach. And also I think what helps matters is I think the Panthers have like correctly identified like, hey, like maybe paying Miles Sanders this like truckload of money was a mistake. Now he's going to split work with Chuba Hubbard, who like just like watching the games looks like he's better probably than uh, than Miles Sanders. All right, Churn. Uh, Wait, go ahead. Uh, you want, fun go note ahead. on that, Nick. Sorry to jump in, but I just I think it's important. You, you nailed that one exactly right with the running back split something that really stood out to me today was that Thomas Brown during the press conference really put an emphasis on the run and then he also kind of circled Tommy Tremble as a guy a tight end I know everyone always loves the long shot touchdown looks and everything that comes with it uh, he really values tight ends who can block a lot and he says the Trembles earned his trust over the last six weeks a lot within the games that they've played so there might be this sort of emphasis on utilizing the run mixing things up you have these tight ends in. It's not unfamiliar from what the Rams did as well. They had Higby and, and all that motion that the run set up. So keep an eye on that as well. But this is going to be a very different Panthers offense. Just want to slip that in. Yeah, and I think I think I'm right about this. I think Tommy Tremble caught Bryce Young's first career NFL touchdown pass. Also, that's an interesting look. Also worth noting, Thomas Brown, former NFL running back, so you know he loves his running backs, and maybe yep. we'll see that manifest itself coming up on Sunday. All right, Churn, let's go to the Cowboys and Rams uh, Sunday in Dallas, where the Cowboys about a six and a half point home favorite in this game. What do you have for us here with the Cowboys and the Rams? I have disagreement with you guys. I listened to Rob's segment yesterday, too. He was on it. I'm on the other side here, guys. I like the Cowboys laying the number at anything better than seven. We'll call it six and a half right now. Um, I think the Cowboys are able to generate a lot of pressure up front. The Rams have really struggled with that. And, uh, like, I'm looking at aggregate ratings and composite breakdowns, and I'm looking at DVOA and, and all the league-wide tables. Like, the Rams are 15, 16, 17 I, I just, I really think that that's too high. I think this is a really bad defense that just hasn't really been exposed. It's been over money the last four weeks coming into Rams games, and they've just found weird ways to stay under. I, I get the defensive matchup is not great for Prescott, like schematically. I, I just, I think the Cowboys are able to put up a big number here this week. I really think the floor is kind of falling out on the Rams, and they're going to fall back into that kind of bottom seven, eight team range within the league. I've had honestly three like intense disagreements via text with people that I usually really agree with on this. I just, I really think the Rams are rated too high. So I like the Cowboys in this one. Well, hopefully we can just agree like, okay, if the Cowboys cover, 
can Cooper Cup like have a, a really big game so he can win comeback player of the year? So I would really appreciate that. And we'll talk about that later in the show, uh, too. And spe- speaking of awards, we just did Tyree Kill an offensive player of the year. Adam, he's going to so tell the media he's going to play. So fa- false alarm, everybody. Like we're just right back where we started on this game, which is Miami favored by a little <laughs> less than 10. This was 10 at the start of the week, came down to like nine, nine and a half. That's where we are right now. The Dolphins hosting the Patriots, who obviously upset Buffalo last week. Uh, do you think the Patriots can pull another upset here, Adam, or do, do you like the Dolphins? I'll go a little bit kind of behind the scenes on this one. So I was really pushing and advocating for either a play on Miami or something to do with their win total over this week within the group and kind of got talked out of it. And so my stance on this was we saw in week two, the Dolphins won by seven. They were sort of forced into this methodical game plan by Belichick, who put together a really good defensive effort. But what Belichick did was utilize three deep safeties at a really high rate, which was very different for New England. But he also had Christian Gonzalez cover Tyreek Hill and really erase him from the game, a standout rookie corner. What's different now is not only do you not have Christian Gonzalez on the field, you don't have Matthew Judon, who had a big game in week two as well to slow down Miami, but you now give Mike McDaniel the chance to counter the game plan that was put forth in week two. So you had like kind of this standout game plan from Belichick, Now these guys are injured. I don't think the Patriots can replicate what they did in week two. So I made the strong case for it. I got talked out of it for the main reason that the Dolphins have the game against Kansas City next week in Germany. And so it's a Europe trip. The Chiefs have just been at a crazy prep level for it dating back to the summer, similar to what we saw the Ravens do before their London game. And the Dolphins are trying to counter that a little bit with how they're managing the injury report. And so there's a couple key guys that, Honestly, could have been back last week, probably for Miami. But the Dolphins are kind of building for this stretch run, not forcing these guys back early. All of these guys are rumored to be returning next week from the defensive side, some offensive linemen as well. And so there's just hesitation that you have the Dolphins at home who already had that look-ahead spot against the Panthers where they kind of eased up a little bit, fell behind early before it was like, "Uh uh-oh, we got to go. And now you have this big situation looming with the game next week. So I got talked out of it. But that was my stance. I still feel pretty decent about it. Uh, but there were no bets that went in on it just because that kind of underlying situation. You better, you better hear Nick and Ken. Tremendous football Thursday. We are talking week eight in the NFL with our friend Adam Chernoff from the Simple Handicap Podcast and Right Angle Sports. Give Chern a follow on Twitter if you haven't already at Adam Chernoff. Uh, Chern, you've been listening to the show this week, and we appreciate that. So I'm sure you've heard our stance on this Falcons-Titans game, or like, like Tennessee at three or better. Uh, this has come off three. Um, looks like it's, like it's still a juice two and a half towards Atlanta, with Will Levis likely to start for Tennessee, and maybe the fire sale coming up after this game for the Titans ahead of next Tuesday's trade deadline. So Atlanta, a juice two and a half, 35 and a half the total. How are you betting this one, Falcons and Titans? This is another one that represents kind of the struggle this week as there's really been strong cases for both sides. So again, I was really advocating to play Atlanta earlier in the week. And my stance on that was pretty simple. You have an offense that I think is being spoken about in a way that doesn't necessarily reflect the changes we've seen in the last couple of weeks. There's been just some backbreaking, incredibly unlucky turnovers for the Falcons inside the red zone at the goal line that have made the last two weeks in the scoreline look a lot different than they are. And everyone's piling on Ritter. Like, I get how that looks. I just think that the Falcons' offense willing to throw it in these back-to-back 300-plus-yard games is a really positive sign for this offense for Atlanta that we want. Tennessee has allowed some very bad quarterbacks to have some huge games. 
They traded away their best safety. I was advocating that this is worth a look on Atlanta. And again, I kind of got talked out of it by people that are much smarter than I within the group. And there was actually a preference that if Will Levis was going to start, they preferred that over the early week, maybe kind of lingering optimism that maybe Tannehill could be back. But everyone within the group was like, we actually would prefer Levis starting and getting kind of the price break within it. You have the Vrabel familiarity. He has a very close relationship with Arthur Smith. He knows the offense. You have this just Vrabel in a dog role that kind of he always manages to make these games really ugly. And then you now have Atlanta in a bit of a role change, laying close to a field goal, needing to build a lead, which is just something they have not been able to do all season. Do you trust Ritter to do that on the road against Vrabel, who knows the Arthur Smith offense very well? So it's kind of, again, one of these games where we've had just strong disagreements both ways. But if if one of those kind of arguments for either side sits well with you, you probably have a pretty strong opinion. For me, it was Atlanta, but the rest of the group like Tennessee. So another one, I hate to be kind of splitting on a lot of these. We had a lot last week where it was confidence on sides, but this week it's just a lot of back and forth. And Adam, you, you mentioned the game might be ugly, like Rabel might might play a game like that. The under, and obviously a lot of this is that Levis is starting and, and not Tannehill. The under obviously got bet in this game yep. too. I uh, believe it's the lowest total on the board still because there's a couple others in the 30s. 35. 35 is the total on this game. It's right? a preseason I mean, number. I, I know it's a preseason now. number. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know scoring sound, but like, what is it, the Hall of Fame game? Like, this is uh, that's that's something. Uh, also, I, I guess I don't want to bet the over. Uh, why don't we do Sunday night football here, Adam? In, in about a minute, I think you have two games left you want to talk about. So, sixty seconds here on the charge, the Chargers off that game against the Chiefs, eight and a half point home favorites against Tyson Bagent and the Bears. Okay, uh, I'll lay the number with the Chargers, which is usually something that when it comes out of your mouth, it just means instant death. Uh, but we'll go eight and a half. Uh, with the big number, look, it, this is it for L.A. If they cannot stop Bajan on the road after seeing tape and how ineffective he is as the quarterback, it was serviceable. If the Chargers and Staley can't stop this, there's there's immediate changes within L.A., and that's, that's the bottom line. This is it for the Chargers. They need this win uh, to save the season. If it's not here, it's never with the Chargers. I'll go down with the ship. I'll lay the big number. It, it, to me, it's that easy and straightforward. And Chargers have to have it. I'll, I'll I'll lay the big number. Sound square? It probably is. I'll take it. I I, I like how you put that going down. With the, I I don't think I can join you on that particular. I think Brandon Stanley may be walking the plank at some point soon. Well, actually, well, no, because the Spanos family is cheap and won't want to fire him and have to pay him anyway. Uh, Adam, let's close with Monday Night Football. Give us like forty five seconds here, if you'd be so kind. As the interview wraps up, Lions about an eight and a half point home favorite against Jimmy Garoppolo and the Raiders. The total here is forty six. Don't even need the 45 seconds. It's ugly. This is a tough one. I have to take the Raiders and the points getting, I'll call it eight and a half right now in the market. Uh, eight is fine too. They just play super soft defense. They shorten games. They condense possessions. The Lions probably very likely to miss Montgomery again. I, I just think the Raiders keep it close and competitive. The Lions defense, very overrated in my opinion. Garoppolo will do enough. You, uh, you ever just want to tell the members of the group like, hey, piss off, guys. This is the bet that I like. Let's do it. Right. No, it, it's it's a fun dynamic back and forth. These guys have been winning for two decades. I'm a fraction of that, if if at all. So I, it's oh, tough st- to sort of stop get it. out like, of you, the way. You can't be right and they can't be wrong on a game? Come right. on, turn. I'm supporting you here, buddy. I got to put your well, foot down, man. Yeah, it's, it, it's a great group dynamic. So I always defer to them. Uh, 
it, it's it's fun to work with every day because you learn something all the time. So I would very that. political. That, that's just not. Yeah, I was, was going to say se- Senator here's Senator Turnoff filibuster here at the end of the interview. <laughs> right. Last one here. Are you excited for my Giants to beat your Jets on Sunday in about ten seconds? This is going to be a fun. One. I think we get. I think we have a decent chance of seeing a lot of points. Hopefully, it's as fun as the one four years ago. But boy, if the Jets end up with a above five hundred record in this spot, what a break that will be. Uh, 36 and a half the total. Maybe Turtelling you likes the over a little bit. I hope it's not a repeat of four years ago. The Jets won that game. I'm thinking more like Christmas Eve 2011, Victor Cruz, 99 yards, knocked the Jets out of the playoffs, <laughs> Giants springboard to the Super Bowl. That's just me. Uh, follow Turn on Twitter, at Adam Turnoff. Check out his NFL betting podcast, The Simple Handicap, and check out the Right Angle Sports app featuring um, inside commentary on every game from pro bettors. Churn has amazing write-ups there on every single game as well. Oh, we didn't do Thursday Night Football. Maybe Maybe like hang out out here for a second. Maybe we can get something out on the Evans. other side. Of- Evans. All right, Mike, Mike Evans, Evans over. There right. you have it. Thanks for coming, Well, there you have it. Evans. 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 Uh, coming up next, Allen. 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 Connor Allen joins us here on You Better You Bet. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by Bet MGM <laughs> on the Bet QL Network. Watch kicking at the bottom of your screen. It's been impressive this week. Back to throw, pick and turns and swings, and this one is caught by Deontay Johnson. Touchdown. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. NFL Network, courtesy of the call. How about last year? Kenny Pickett throwing a touchdown to Deontay Johnson. We would play one from this year, but it hasn't happened yet. Uh, why are we playing a Deontay Johnson touchdown reception? Because he's on the injury report today for the Steelers with a hamstring injury. He hurt his hamstring in week one and missed like six weeks of time. So maybe this is just like a rest situation for Deontay Johnson. Or if he re-aggravated that hamstring injury, he going to be out this week and is going to be out for a little bit. So not speculating. We'll wait for more information. But this is generally how it goes with hamstring injuries. The Steelers host the Jacksonville Jaguars coming up on Sunday. Our pal Connor Allen will join us in a second to talk about that game and more. 20 minutes from now, though, we get back to P-squared, B-squared NFL awards. The GOAT of award betting, Ken Barkley, going to tell you how to bet defensive player of the year right now in the National Football League, among other things. We look forward to that. Joey Kanish coming up next hour. Bets of Steel next hour. All our bets coming up for tonight, aside from hockey, in the Power Hour final hour, where we'll also be joined by Evan Silva from Establish the Run. But joining us right now to talk the Jaguars and Steelers and the rest of the slate coming up week eight in the NFL is our good friend Connor Allen. Connor is on Twitter at Connor Allen NFL. He does awesome work for our friends over at 4 for 4 and Betsperts. And I encourage people to check out 4 for 4, like amazing sports betting website. Like uh, you play DFS, you play season long fantasy, you bet on games, you props. 4 for 4 is awesome. And Connor's NFL betting podcast, along with our friends Ryan Noonan, John Daigle, and others, is Move the Line. You can find it wherever you find your podcasts. Connor, welcome back to the show. Nick and Ken, happy week eight. Guys, appreciate you having me on, Nick. Appreciate the kind words. Yeah, it's uh feels like we're halfway-ish through the season, but uh that's kind of scary because it's already felt pretty long. So you know, the grind is in full effect here. But at the end of the day, you know, we get to talk about sports, but on sports, so you know, can't really complain too much. Well, yeah, and, and I think, you know, Nick probably feels this way, too. We just the barrage of other sports that are on besides football right now, too. Like, I, I don't you know, I feel like neither of us got a break in our sleep last night because we were up watching Wemba Nyama until 1215 in the morning. It's like, well, maybe tonight or there's 12 hockey games and like the Suns are playing the Lakers at 10 o'clock. And oh, by the way, there's a football game. Uh, but kind of we, we played Deontay Johnson there and I, you know, Nick gave that update. I know that's a game that you have some interest in in that Jag Steelers game from a side and a prop standpoint. Why don't we do the side of the game first? 
and just uh, maybe what you like here. I, I feel like all week we've kind of been dancing around the idea. We kind of like Pittsburgh. Do we want to bet them? Do we want to bet them plus three? Do we want to wait? Like, or do we want to bet the game? Just sidewise, Jags two and a half right now on the road against the Steelers. What do you like in this? Yeah, it's tough. Uh, I'm going to go the opposite way here. I kind of like the Jags in this spot, and a lot of it just has to do with wanting to fade Pittsburgh. I think that they're a little bit overrated in this spot coming into this game four and two. And if we look at their defensive metrics here, they've obviously been solid overall, but a lot of that's been pressure-based right now. So when they get pressure, they've been elite allowing a 37.9% completion rate. It's like basically best in the league, five yards per attempt. But when they don't get pressure, that skyrockets to 8.2 yards per attempt. And I think a lot of this is, you know, them playing well in specific spots. But overall, their defense, 28th in explosive pass rate allowed. They're allowing 4.6 yards per carry to opposing running backs. Um, and I don't really think that their offense is all that good either. 28th in EPA per play, 29th in passing, 30th in points per game so far, dead last in both play and drive success rate. Uh, I understand that Mike Tomlin is a fantastic coach, and I think a lot of that is the reason that they're in this position, that you know they've played, that they've won so many games to date so far. But uh, you know, I, I like the Jags minus two and a half in this spot. I think that I'm going to look to continue to fade, try and find ways to fade them, kind of like the Bucks a couple of weeks ago coming off some, I think, fluky wins. I think there's some good uh, selling points there. What do you think about the Steelers' run game in this particular matchup against like a pretty stout Jaguars front with Najee Harris and Jalen Warren, and he plays there? Yeah, I like Najee under here in this spot. So um, I think that you can play this down to 40, honestly. He's been, you know, average under four yards per carry this year. He's cleared this number in half of his games, but that's come against the Ra Raiders, Rams, Texans. Now, because of the Jaguars, you mentioned, pretty stout run defense, pretty good on a play-to-play -play basis. Second and early down rushing success rate allowed, allowing just 3.4 yards per carry to opposing running backs overall. Only three running backs have cleared 45 rushing yards against the Jaguars so far, and all three of them I think are far superior backs. Uh, then Harris, one of them was Alvin Kamara last week, but it took like a random 15-yard draw play with like in their two-minute war, two-minute drill, trying to drive down the field like late in the game. So I'm willing to bank on that not happening here, especially with Najee only has 56% of the carries of the team so far this season. So I'm going to go with the under and Najee Harris here. Connor, there's been a, a team on Monday that I referred to as like the horseshoe team of the year, meaning it just, I don't know how they have the record they have. They've just gotten like really lucky in a bunch of their games. And that's Cleveland. So obviously it beats San Francisco. They missed the field goal. The Browns win that game when, uh, you know, when Deshaun doesn't play and it's PJ Walker. And then Deshaun exits the game against Indianapolis really early. Wasn't playing well. PJ Walker comes in, did not play pretty. You look at the stat line, you can't believe the game had 77 points scored in it. You look at his numbers after the game, but Cleveland wins again. And now they, they head to Seattle. And everyone's betting Seattle out to like three and a half. And I just have this like sneaking suspicion the same thing's going to happen again. But that doesn't mean P.J. Walker has to play well. So side total props, anything for you here on Cleveland and Seattle this week? Yeah, I initially took some two and a half on uh, Seattle, but now we're out to three and a half. And I think that this game is going to be a bit of a dogfight because I don't really see either offense having too much success here. And that leads me to my favorite bet in this game, which is P.J. Walker under, I believe we're looking at 202 and a half, 201 and a half passing yards at this point. And specifically in this spot here, Walker's had under 200 passing yards in both of his starts, 178, 192, completing just 49%, 52% of his passes, averaging 5.6 yards per attempt. Now he draws the Seattle Seahawks as small underdogs, I think the Seattle defense is legit, especially now that they have Tariq Woolen, Devin Witherspoon, Jamal Adams back. In their three games, mostly all back together, they haven't allowed a quarterback to average more than six yards per attempt, and they haven't, and they've held three straight of them to under, you know, this number here. So I think that it's unlikely that PJ Walker comes out here and really busts loose. Um, I think it's going to be like a low-scoring affair on both sides, probably a couple of running plays back and forth. I think you can play multiple different unders in this game. Honestly, my favorite look is PJ Walker, but I think you can get there with maybe Kareem Hunt or Pierre Strong unders. I think I'm not sure Gene 
Gino's going to have an awesome game either, to be honest. Like, it, it, a lot of tough matchups here either way. So uh, I'm going to look to play probably play a couple under other unders in this game as well. You better you bet with Nick and Ken. Tremendous Football Thursday. Talking Week 8 in the NFL with our friend Connor Allen from 4 for 4 and Betsperts. He is on Twitter at Connor Allen NFL. Connor, curious your thought on the Falcons-Titans game this weekend in Tennessee. Will Levis likely to start for the Titans? Desmond Ritter and the Falcons and that mustachioed moron, the bozo Arthur Smith. Uh, two and a half point road favorites. Hopefully Bijan plays in the game. And if he doesn't, it'd be great to have him on the injury report. Atlanta, a juice two and a half point favorite on the road at the Titans. Any bets for you here, Atlanta and Tennessee? Yeah, I could be buying a new house right now if we had gotten some word that Bijan was going to be right. active but not playing here. I mean, yeesh. Um, I think I do like Atlanta in this spot, though. You're under the three. It looks like it's probably going to close at three and climb up to that spot, though. But I think there's a couple of things working in their favor here. So Tennessee obviously traded away, you know, Kevin Byard, one of their, their starting safety. He actually led their defense in snaps. Their secondary was already not playing that well. 28th in EPA, 20th in explosive pass rate allowed. And they basically were terrible against everyone except for an injured Joe Burrow, who they dealt up a pretty perfect game plan for. They were able to get pressure on and, uh, you know, kind of shut down that passing attack. But otherwise, they haven't really done a good job of, you know, shutting down opposing passing games. And now they get a much more mobile Desmond Ritter, who – I think he's been playing better as of late. Uh, you know, obviously it's not a straight path forwards. It's a little bit rocky at times, but I think that he's shown that he can at least, you know, be competent at some points. Uh, and that's more than we could say, I think a couple of weeks ago in the spot. So uh, you, you factor in that matchup too. And then this Titans offense here, I have just zero faith in whatever uh, Will Levis, Malik, Malik Willis, like we, the, the Titans saw enough from Will Levis to make him not the backup, you know, like after the preseason and like have Malik Willis be the backup, which in my mind is pretty surprising because I would think that in a normal game, you'd want a guy like Will Levis to be the backup and Malik Willis to be kind of the quarterback that you could play in like a, maybe you have a week to game plan or something like that. But that was not the case for the Titans here. So I have really, really low expectations for this Titans offense against the Falcons defense that has been uh, pretty solid in a lot of ways. So I like Atlanta here less than three. I'm not sure I'd lay the three, but I do like the two and a half. Connor, why don't we just do a couple minutes here on Thursday night football? Again, like even if you don't have a lot of bets that you like, just there, there's a game tonight and there's obviously going to be a lot of betting interest. And the the point spread movement has been pretty interesting in the game too. At the start of the week, it seems like people wanted Tampa. This got all the way down to Buffalo minus seven on Monday afternoon. We were doing the show talking about it. Like Buffalo's only going to be a touchdown. Like what's going on? Mayfield gets on the injury report. Godwin gets on the injury report. All of a sudden there's all this interest in the Bills. Looks like Mayfield's going to play, but the Bills are out to like nine and a half. There's even tens in a couple places and the total's hanging out like 43 and a half uh any bets for you side total props even just thoughts things that you like tonight buccaneers and bills yeah i took two different props in this game and both of them are, i think are still in pretty playable range i took dalton kincaid over 37 after receiving yards. i think we're looking at 39 at this point i think it's more than fine still dawson knox is out uh quinn morris the other tight ends out also we saw last week dalton kincaid go for you know 75 yards and eight receptions against a Pats defense that's normally been pretty stout against tight ends. This Bucks defense has as well. But the key is that, that is that Dalton Kidd's not just playing as a tight end. They're lining him up all over. So it played out wide 40% of the time, in the slot 35% of the time. And he really excelled against zone coverage. So last week against zone coverage, Kincaid went 7 for 71, but just 1 for 4 against man coverage. This Bucks defense plays zone at nearly 70% of the time. One of, the high, one of the highest rates in the league. He also had a 35% target share against zone coverage. So this is higher than Stephon Dix. Now, if, they, if he plays like a completely traditional tight end role, maybe things get a little bit different. But I think that regardless, if he's on the field more, he's running more routes, that's going to be a positive for his usage. So I like that over there specifically. And then I also played Rashad White 
under 12 and a half rushing attempts. Um, I mean, we have Chase Edmonds coming off IR. Coming out of the bye here, he's seen just 7 and 13 carries. Last week, his 13 carries came in a pretty neutral game script with just like Keyshawn Vaughn seeing a couple of carries. Um, also, prior to Chase Edmonds' injury from IR, he was used, or injury, he was used in the first drive against the Bears uh, alongside Rashad White. So I think they're probably going to try and work him in a little bit more, working Keyshawn Vaughn. And then if, if this gets out of hand at all, I mean, again, the Bills are 10-point favorites. Like, there's a lot of different outs for Rashad White not to get 13-plus carries in this spot. All right. Connor, we'll close with, like, the rest of your favorite bets for the weekend. But uh, you're a Chicago guy. Let's let's talk about your Bears for a second with the secret Bajant man. Uh, Chargers eight-and-a-half-point favorites on Sunday night. You uh, you, you, you back in 007 here and, uh, and the Bears against the, the Chargers? Yeah, I feel like I kind of have to. It started as a bit. Like, I bet on him last week just for kind of for fun. And then in this this spot, though, this Bears defense has played well the last two weeks since they got their starters back. I mean, I really played against Brian Orr, which doesn't matter. But they played significantly better against this the Vikings than uh, the Niners defense did, which is kind of interesting. And then their offense, like Tyson Bajan wasn't like awesome, but he was executing what needed to be done. He was moving the ball. Deonta Foreman looked good. They're getting Roshan Johnson back. I'm not like ecstatic and jumping to back the bears here, but um, I think at eight and a half, I don't think it's the worst thing ever. So, you know, if, if you want to talk yourself into a bears bet, uh, I don't see why not. We always put up these like social media posts and I sometimes like, I, I don't envy the person doing the post cause they have to like pull out a quote of the person selling something and it's like what if it's just like not that strong of a take it's like i, I just imagine pulling connor saying like well, i don't think it's the worst thing in the world like oh, oh <laughs> let me click the button sounds great uh and, and nick writes something funny in our chat bears by far the less dysfunctional team in this game which is obviously funny if we know what happened to the bears the first part of the season connor we have a uh, we have like two minutes left for all the any other prop bets that you like say two or three things in the other games we haven't talked about yet for sunday uh it's how we end our interview with you every single week for sure. I think in the Green Bay, Minnesota game, I think you can play some Jordan Love completions under his stats against the blitz and pressure are just like horrendous. And Minnesota blitzed the Bears over 70% of the time and lead the league in blitz rate at like 50 something percent. So they ratchet up that rate like significantly here. I think AJ Dillon unders too. Minnesota's been pretty good against the run so far this season, surprisingly. Christian McCaffrey overs. I think this is like a massive explosion spot, even without Brock Purdy. Great match against the Bengals run defense, 4.7 yards per carry allowed. Bottom five in explosive run rate and run the EPA. And then also Zay Flowers receiving overs potentially against Arizona. 73.6% um, of all wide receiver targets have been completed so far against Arizona, allowing 9.7 yards per target. So I think all three of those plays, or I guess four I think I mentioned, are all very much in play and could be on my official card here once the props are wildly available. Well, the hashtag official card. <laughs> hashtag official yeah you know, yeah I, I like to wait until the market's a little more developed because otherwise you know i'm just betting like a little bit amount of money the market gets destroyed so i gotta i like to wait till there's like a couple other outs open you know yeah listen i gotta i i, I do my my bet mgm board of spreads video on wednesday morning like before injury reports i totally i i, I understand <laughs> right? it here pick five Looks NFL like games. Well, out. <laughs> yeah wait, who's what? playing in the game <laughs> i i don't I'm, I'm not really sure yet <laughs> Uh, Connor doing an awesome job with us as per usual. Connor, we appreciate it. My friend on Twitter at Connor Allen NFL. Check out 4 for 4. Check out Betsperts and check out the podcast Move the Line. Good luck with the bets. Good luck with the Bears. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. Talk next week. Our pal Connor Allen joining us here on You Better, You Bet. All right, good stuff from Connor. I, I might bet the Bears also. We'll see. Uh, just on the Deontay Johnson thing, unless you have anything else, sure. Ken, off the interview. No, no, no. I was just going to say we get uh, we get emails sometimes uh, from like BetMGM, like what's everyone betting tonight, right? And it's like, you know, like side total splits and stuff like that. And they'll always include a couple props. 
and not like predictive of what happens with the prop at all, but just like, oh, like what are like what kind of angles are people looking at in, in the game? It's always really interesting. And Kincaid, it's funny because we got to note Dawson Knox placed on IR officially out four weeks. Kincaid's over like a very popular prop bet tonight. It's it's one of those things where you I always look at those and I go. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Like, like I, don't know what the, I don't know what the argument is. Like, I don't, I don't bet a lot of NFL props, obviously, but like, yeah, like I, I get it. So, yeah, it was just, it's really funny just to see like what, like what is everyone on in these games from a prop standpoint, not just side in total. And Kincaid seven for seventy five last week, and like starting to like emerge in this Bills offense, just like fantasy wise here. Like, I, if you drafted him, I hope you held him. Even when he was out, like I held him in all the leagues and I would like carry a second tight end for a week because he's like league winning upside down the stretch of the season is Dalton Kincaid. Uh, maybe he goes over his receiving yards prop tonight. Just like if if this Deontay Johnson thing is like a re-aggravation of the hamstring injury and we don't know that, I think we're going to see a three in this game for sure. Like he's really important to the Steelers passing offense and then we can have a conversation of what we want to do if that's the case. And like if it's re-aggravating that injury, he might be out for a little bit longer. That would stink for the Pittsburgh Steelers. On the other side, more NFL award conversation to wrap up our number two. We will start Defensive Player of the Year, Garrett, Watt, and Parsons. It's a shade stake and they're not out of field goal range. Matt Gay is blocked. That's a live football. It's picked up Denzel Ward. Shane Steichen rolling the dice. They attempt a 60-yard field goal. Miles Garrett, the block. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. One of the things I love about getting a great game like that with tons of great calls, tons of great action is when Spiro Ditas does the game because we get to mention Spiro Ditas more on the show. The Fordham Flash, my guy, the Greek freak Spiro Ditas with the call this past weekend on C. We got to get we got to get Spiro on you better you bet. Like that needs to happen sure. at some point in the in the near future here. I'm going to yeah, I'm going to text Spiro so we can get him on the show. His fellow Fordham guy. Uh as Miles Garrett like it's funny because like they gave up 38 points. And right. you had like one of like the like a transcendent performance by a defensive player in the game. Oh, well, how many points did his team let up? Oh, almost forty. But he was he was still really great. Uh, Miles Garrett was and is now Ken the favorite, the sole favorite atop the board to be defensive player of the year at our show sponsor, Bet MGM. We got awards coming up for the next couple segments on the show. Joey Kanish will join us next hour, talking college football, power hour, final hour. We'll give you our bets for tonight in the National Football League. Week eight kicks off in Buffalo with the Bills and the Buccaneers. But for now, we continue P squared, B squared NFL awards. Jake, fade the music up, please. Uh, defensive player of the year where Miles Garrett is your favorite at plus 200, followed by Micah Parsons and T.J. Watt, both at plus 225. By the way, speaking of great performances, T.J. Watt, no slouch last week against the L.A. Rams, looking like Deion Sanders in his prime, picking a pass off for Matthew Stafford, ridiculous. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson is 18-1. to 1. Nick Bosa, the reigning defending defensive player of the year, who is on record now saying that, yeah, maybe the holdout kind of got me started a little slowly. You think? Also, he's now... Filthy rich, so who cares? I don't think he does. Bosa's 22 to 1, Ken, along with his teammate, linebacker Fred Warner. Chris Jones of the Chiefs is 30 to 1. Max Crosby is 40 to 1. And I don't think the Vikings are going to trade Daniil Hunter now. We'll see what happens on Sunday after they beat the Vikings on Monday night. Hunter is 65 to 1, Ken, for the Minnesota Vikings. How are you looking to bet Defensive Player of the Year right now with the three guys atop the board and maybe anyone uh, past them as well? 
Yeah, I don't think we need to spend a ton of time on this. There are two kind of interesting points to make, but in the interest of like serving the other reward markets too, I think this one's really straightforward. Uh, we've talked about like the three edge rushers at the top of the market. We've said like, these are your three likely winners. And now you're just trying to kind of pick between them in all likelihood about who's going to win. Uh, I made a case for TJ Watt last week, not to bet him, but just like if I had to pick somebody right now, that I would pick him because I felt like he was statistically farther ahead than the other two. And now I think we're at a different point where I think the question needs to be asked like, okay, Watt, totally get it. Garrett, totally get it. Parsons, like really? Like, it, like should should he be this low price still? Or should the other two actually pass him significantly in terms of their price? This feels like a price that's driven entirely by reputation and not like on-field performance, just to be perfectly honest. So uh, statistically, Watt and Garrett far ahead of Parsons, no question, not an argument. And like, you can throw analytics around, which people are going to like, this was the case for Brock Purdy MVP. Well, EPA, he's this great. Ask the people who vote if they even understand what that means. Ask the people who vote for defensive player of the year what pressure rate is. And I know that's a really easy one to understand, but like, you know what they care about? Number of sacks. Care a lot about that one. Care like a whole bunch. And uh, and so I think Watton and Garrett are really far ahead. So your only betting angle here is a bad one. Your only betting angle, because it doesn't pay very well, your only betting angle here is if you bet Watt and Garrett together and pay like minus 200 or something for it, uh, do you have the winner more often than that? Like, do you have the winner 95% of the time and you're paying a price that's not 95% of the time? Like you're paying less, which is great. That's like a bet that you would seek out. If there was a game tonight and you had that kind of edge, you'd bet it immediately. But this bet pays in February, four months from now, and you know, your return is bad and the limits are low. But like, that's it. That's all there is here is like Parsons doesn't belong with the other two right now. Doesn't mean he can't get back in, but like is way behind and the other two are ahead. And if you bet both of them, you probably have the likely winner. That's not a very sexy take. Like everybody should try to be trying to sell you somebody who's 100 to one or something. Uh, that's all there is right now. So that's like kind of like the, the who to bet on. My last note, because you brought up Daniil Hunter, and I think you had meant to ask me about him last week. We didn't get a chance to. We ran out of time, I think, or something. Um, he leads the NFL in sacks. I'll just remind people, I call this like the Matthew Judon rule because we had this discussion a lot last year. Uh, this is not an award for the player who leads the NFL in sacks. Uh, yes, having a lot of sacks increases your chances of winning, but it is very, very much a reputation driven award and literally like always goes to someone with a huge rep that's driven by all pro appearances, pro bowls, accolades. Uh, just like really like versus someone who is like, well, I've never heard of that guy, but he has 17 sacks. Like Shaq Barrett has led the NFL in sacks and didn't get a vote for this award. Vic Beasley has led the NFL in sacks and didn't get a vote for this award. So like Daniil Hunter is probably going to be that this year. And you're going to get people like when he has like 10, 11 sacks, like oh, value 30 to one to be like, uh, bet he's not a finalist, bet the other three guys are instead. Like, so just be really careful with just the stat guys that have no rep at all. Um, the reputation guys will almost certainly win over players like that. You better you bet with Nick and Ken. Tremendous football Thursday, P-squared, B-squared, NFL awards. Anything else on defensive player of the year or we want to uh, move on to offensive rookie? No, just do you, do you want to bet those guys as a pair? Like, it's so unappealing. Like, it's just like, it's just, it's not even fun. It's just like, yeah, like you, you'd win probably, but like, here's you know, not a lot of money and you tie up a bunch of money for four months and that's what the award is right now. It, it's, it's a great, and like, I don't even know like who, who I would like more of the two. Like if I could just bet one, like how about that? Like you pick, oh, it's like pick dead one of those right two. Now. Yeah, right? I mean, if, I, uh, if I had to pick and one. And they both won last week. Like both teams won right. last week too. They're both four and two. Yeah, so like 
team success team success is a strong driver of the award and they're but they both won to your point so like you can't even use that i guess you could be like well if deshaun's gonna keep being out then advantage Steelers, even though they're not as good of a team like the browns are rated better but like if deshaun's gonna be out a long time i guess advantage what but that gives garrett the chance to do stuff like what he did last like now he gets all the credit for what happened so it, it's like i mean it's really a, you know it just i think it's like an impossible question to answer right now which is why the betting angle is literally just exclude parsons if you wanted to, I'm not advocating that. I'm just saying, like, that's the only angle available right now. A catch-22, some might say? I mean, I guess. I always forget what that means, too. It's like a like in between, like, a rock and a hard place. Like, a catch-22. Like, what do you do? Is you it, don't know. I don't think that's what it means. I think it is. I think it's, like, some kind of, like, circular logic where it's, like, a thing is, like, A is B, but then B is A, and you're, like, you can never, it's, like, a, I don't know. Whatever. Hey, how about Let's catch 22 segue? another award. Yeah. Right. How about Puka Nakua? 22 catches in a single game is a possible mm. there's your segue. Offensive Rookie of the Year, where uh, C.J. Stroud uh, goes on the bye. Oh, Mike Brown gives us the, the um, a dilemma or difficult circumstance from which there is no escape because of mutually conflicting or dependent conditions. I feel like I was closer to right. Well, I think we're both right because like the first part, the first yeah, part's you and the second part's me. Yeah, the first <laughs> part. Like, basically, like, like wait. <laughs> So what, what does I that tell you? We're, we're both halfwits. Right. We both we both <laughs> yes. know half of everything, which is usually not a really good idea. That's hilarious. Uh offensive rookie of the year. CJ Stroud goes on the bye, comes out of the bye, and is a bigger favorite now than he was when the when he entered his bye. Why? Because B. John Robinson didn't play last week. Thanks, Arthur Smith. Uh Stroud minus one ninety now to be offensive rookie of the year, taking on Bright. We'll get the Bryce Young's price in a second. Puka Nakua, huge game last week, three to one. Jordan Addison, huge game on Monday. Now your third choice in the market. Addison nine to one. Bijan fourteen. Zay Flowers twenty. Devon Achan still like holding strong here at this point in the market, at uh, this at uh, this place in the market at 25. Rasheed Rice 40, Jameer Gibbs and Sam Laporta both 50. Bryce Young at 66 to one, and then 007, the secret agent man. Want to know as a starter? 150 to one quarterback controversy in the Windy City. Like <laughs> uh, cue your thoughts. Uh, okay, right. offensive rookie of the year, Ken. What do you got? Yeah, this is. Uh... I have a lot of Stroud and uh, and I'm and some Bijan and I'm gonna I think I'm gonna find myself in a bit of a precarious position in a couple of weeks. That's just how I feel. Where I'm gonna have to like figure out if I want to pull the ripcord and just start adding big prices to to just kind of get out of this. Uh, I'm not there yet. I think Stroud's the most likely winner, but. Uh, I saw such an interesting stat that since Cooper Cup came back from his, I'm sure you saw this too. Since Cooper Cup came back from his injury, Pukanuku's target share has gone up. Like it's actually oh. hasn't gotten worse, which was like I our. Know. Right. I know. Yeah. You're, not only do you know, you're counting on it, right? So, yeah. uh, so the the idea yeah, of like, it is, it's a catch twenty two right. for me as a fantasy owner. Right. That's what it is. <laughs> so just the uh, yeah, I. I didn't think that would happen. It's one of the reasons why I preferred Stroud when A-Chan got hurt. And we, you know, remember when A-Chan got hurt, you had your pick of whoever you wanted. Like you could have landed on anybody. And I was just like, I think it's just Stroud to the moon and some Bijan just like, just in case. And I was like, I think those two players, and I, I think I was wrong. And I think Nakua can still win. Now, do, would you want to bet him now? No, because the price is low and he's probably, he's probably just properly rated right now. He's probably just like a guy who can win. And he's rated like a guy who can win who's among the favorites. But like now I'm a little worried because now this is happening with him. And I don't think Addison's going to end up winning. But like when he rips the ball away from Charvarius Ward and runs it in for a touchdown, I'm just like, well, this is great. 
Like, here's the game where it's like, it just, you know, a complete explosion. We don't know when Jefferson's going to come back. When that happens, what happens? So again, like, just these players where I'm like, I'd, I wouldn't, I don't want to bet on them. And like, I wouldn't have wanted to then. They're just kind of being obnoxious for me right now where like, they're not going away. And I was hoping that they would go away. So I think they're, they look, can they all win? Yes. What are the odds that they all win? Probably what they are on the market right now. So like the order and the pricing there is fine. And then it's like, all right, let's say Stroud's the most likely player to win. Let's say Nakua is the second most likely player to win. I think there would almost be no disagreement with that right now. Let's say Addison is kind of the third most likely player to win versus like B. John Robinson or Jameer Gibbs or H. and these other guys. Who is the fourth most likely player to win? Like, let's work the problem that way. And it's like, well, is it Bijan? He has a headache and he doesn't play. And when he does play, he doesn't get many carries. Is it Zay Flowers? Don't think so. Is it Jameer Gibbs? Don't think so. Is it HN? He's hurt. Is it JSN? Probably not. And you go down and in, is it, you know, the tight ends? No, tight end never wins this award. And so like, all right, should the fourth choice actually be Bryce Young? Just because the upside, if you're the number one pick and you're a quarterback, you're going to start every game the rest of the year. Is your upside better than everyone else's where even if you haven't done it yet, the season is impossibly long and you can get there and you play Stroud this weekend and you're a three point dog and you're switching play callers. It's an intriguing entry point where the difference between Stroud and Young could actually compress a ton. Like, let's say Stroud, let's say Young has a totally like almost like a, a you know, 202, like something that's not even that impressive and Stroud plays poorly. You're going to look at their stats and be like, Ah, he's like, Stroud's like one game ahead, maybe like one good game ahead or two good games. Like it's going to compress, it could compress really fast. And, uh, and so I think, I mean, if you like the Panthers, you have to bet young. Honestly, I don't even think you have a choice because it's going to age really well. And I think having some young is a pretty good idea anyway, because it's easy to add whoever he is, impossibly long odds right now. Like you don't want a little bit of that. So he's the interesting player right now. There are three other players who can win and they're ordered fine. Bet Bryce Young. I want to bet on Bryce Young. I'm going to ask you on the other side about Tyson Bajan. Just feel like it's worth asking. Joey Kinnish joins us next hour. Bets of Steel uh, next hour. But we will start talking more NFL awards. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. <laughs> on the BetQL Network. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 